You are listening to Rankin Vile, a proud member of the Greenlit Podcast Network. Hey guys, welcome to Rankin' Vile, the podcast where we are ranking every single horror movie ever made. And this is Ryan. And this is Quincy. How's it going, Quincy? How's your week going? I'm shook up, Ryan. Why are you shook up? Because in the 90s, I watched the pilot of Teen Angel, and that kid eats a hamburger that he finds under his bed, and he says, what can hurt? And when he bites down on that burger... The walls of his bedroom CGI CGI fly away, and he's in heaven, and he's fucking dead. So that's all it took was, like, to to fly off into Christian heaven, bite into one expired burger, and you two can join the seraphim. And and I've never um, been okay with my mortality since then. It's (laughs) it's that thin line, you know. If I if I make one (laughs) wrong step, my card's gonna get pulled, and I'm gonna be in heaven. (laughs) You know what? You know they say your childhood ends the moment you realize that if you bite into an expired bed burger, you could turn into a teen angel. Like that's just that's the that's the loss of innocence right there. You know, it's just it's tragic, can but we, we ought to engage. Talk with about how in Teen Angel they literally do a home improvement ripoff, which was on the same network at the same yeah. time. Honestly, home improvement specifically, like I watched so goddamn much home improvement because it came on like right before The Simpsons when I was a kid. This is how you end up watching Teen Angel. Yeah, it it was very. Uh, I wonder if that's available. Uh, if anyone's got a line on the Teen Angel <laughs> box set, or if you have some tapes or anything, the Teen um, please, Angel please, box please, set. Please email Listen, us. Criterion needs to fucking nut up and give us <laughs> Teen Angel on Blu-ray. I want it in original thirty-five minutes. Listen, um, I have the Kids on Degrassi Street box set, and that show is garbage. It's fucking oh. horseshit. Yes, it's very bad. Although, um, I think, honestly, for that period of time and that kind of show, are you familiar with Zach Morris's Trash? No. So if you have Amazon Prime, I also think it's like a funnier die thing, so you can find it online. Uh, Zach Morris's Trash is like sort of five-minute uh, videos that sum up episodes of Saved by the Bell. And sort of you you realize cumulatively how much of a fucking sociopath Zach Morris is and what a bad, bad, bad person he is. Um, and it's great because the intro of it is always just like wheedly, wheedly guitar with Zach Morris is trash. And it's like, I don't know. You, you I have a Pavlovian response to seeing Zach Morris's face and just whispering like, you son of a bitch. I know what you did. Like you just, you, you become made aware of all of his crimes. And anyway, so yeah, so it's on Prime and it's, it's uh, fucking, it's great. What other ghoul shit have you been up to this week, Ryan? This week, I... Okay, so I am almost done playing Doom Eternal, um, which is the... How is uh, it? Now, that's a funny question. So Doom 2016 was a perfect, perfect cheeseburger. Not an expired cheeseburger that sends you to Christian heaven. It was just exactly (laughs) the thing you want, where it's just like it's fast-paced, you're shooting cacodemons in the face with a rocket launcher. You're chainsawing through dudes. And like that's a game that understood why I like Doom. The problem is that Doom Eternal, and I do have to give it credit for like trying to make it more complex and more rewarding and sort of, you know, a different experience than just making it a carbon of Doom 2016. The problem is that so much of this game fundamentally doesn't understand why I like to play the game Doom, where it's sort of like, they, you know, it's a lot of platforming and like having to parkour your way through like sort of physical puzzles. It's a lot of lore that just drops constantly. And it's like, 
I'm sorry, I maybe don't give me a pop-up asking me if I want to find out about the hell priest or whatever the fuck. Like I'm trying to shoot demons in the face with a shotgun. As um, soon as you said platform, I snapped my Nintendo Switch in <laughs> half out of rage. You were correct. Like that's why right. would you make Doom a platformer? <laughs> why? Like, Doom, well-known game of first-person shooting. <laughs> This is like if you made Thief a turn-based combat game or something. Like, I don't, this is not why I like Doom. So, so I'm almost done with it, but I I don't have to like it. And I the other problem is that it's trying to make it more complex, where it's like an open world sort of game, where it's like you've got a home base that you can now customize and like unlock. Like you can unlock so much stuff in it, and that's great. But there's just it's so top heavy and there are so many things that I feel like Homer Simpson where I'm just like, I just wanted to shoot monsters in the face with a shotgun. And like, meanwhile, I'm like futzing with gearhead shit that I don't want it anyway. So it's a flawed game that I'm enjoying, but also I kind of hate it. Oh, and I was just joking about my Nintendo Switch. I'd never do that to my sweet, <laughs> precious baby. You would never break your baby in half. Quincy, what? Never, you'd never break your baby in half. <laughs> you wouldn't break a you wouldn't break a baby in half. Listen, especially during quarantine, like that's you you would that's your this is your Wilson and you are Tom Hanks. Like that you cannot just break the things that you do to pass the 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 horrible minutes of quarantine. So um, I have to what, come clean. Like the day uh Animal Crossing came out. Um, mm -hmm. I had pre-ordered a physical edition because I'm a dinosaur. Nice. And I Ooh, physical went, media. Yeah. And I went to uh, a very uh, contentious retailer to purchase that the day it came out uh, when everyone else who's ethical bought it digitally <laughs> because they didn't want to spread a global pandemic. So I just need you right. all to know. Uh, that that was the smartest thing I've ever done because <laughs> so wait it saved me. Wait, when you say that it was like a shady merchant, I'm picturing like the guy from Resident Evil Four who's like, "What are you buying?" He's like coming out from the buildings. What? How? What kind of a shady? Like, was this just like a, a a wholesaler or like a like a video Steve who had one that you bought in like a Suncoast parking lot? No, it's a very well-known national video game retailer chain that has mm -hmm. been very terrible during the whole pandemic. Uh, oh, yeah. By saying, you know, it's okay. We'll give away free hand sanitizer and, you know, <sighs> you don't have to wear a mask in the store and I don't want to give them free airtime. Fuck, yeah, fuck's sake. Honestly, like, especially <laughs> when they were sort of like... Poster. Hey, well, they, you know, that's not for nothing. I it listen. It's on my fridge reminding me what a terrible human is. And when it's <laughs> December and we're still in lockdown, I'll look at that. But I will also have a five star island. Listen, if you will risk living in purgatory to take a bite of that perfect expired cheeseburger that you found under the bed, you can risk the Rona just to get that <laughs> sweet ass poster. Is, is I honestly, um, that's the thing is, wasn't that chain claiming that, like, we're an essential business, so we should stay open? They because... did. That chain did, in fact, say because we sell microphones and headphones and keyboards, gaming keyboards, but keyboards, we are an essential business. And uh, Funko, I am... Pops, Funko Pops make us an essential <laughs> industry. I I'm full of rage from the time I wake up to the time I go to bed. Uh, Quincy, uh, what else? Um, there, there was something you were showing me before we started the podcast. It was like a mixtape. Yes. Inverted Rolling Thunder Driver is a uh, video mixtape project between uh, Stevo of 20 by 20 um, Apparel, which uh, that company is best known for its amazing uh, wrestling series that are all of the venues you can get a sportatorium t-shirt by 20 by 20 and oh, fuck it just yeah. says the sportatorium and it's got this a picture of it outstanding <laughs> that's i that, listen i i sportatorium jokes i love it because it always sounds like a it sounds like a, a building name from like a paul verhoeven movie about americans like the sportatorium it's perfect yeah, and I can't say Sportatorium without imagining JR saying it. 
and, yeah. and all of those wonderful WCW uh, pay-per-views. So yeah. uh, Steve-O, who runs 20 by 20, and Hulk Hogan, the visual artist, have put together this. Now we're like three deep in these mixtapes, and they are mm-hmm. actual VHS tapes with um, mixed video uh, done by Hulk Hogan and um, beats by Steve-O. And it's just deathmatch wrestling and weird commercials from the 90s and hip-hop beats. And um, especially Inverted Rolling Thunder Driver Part 2. Part 1 is all about Rob Van Dam, so it's mostly Rob Van Dam clips. Uh, Inverted Rolling Thunder Driver Part 2 begins with um, Jason and the Friday the 13th 3D Jason cutting the screen open. Um, so what you're saying is that um, the folks behind Inverted Rolling Thunder Driver, um, somehow it's like some video drum shit and they've actually gained access to your subconscious? Yeah, it's it's frightening. Also, the beats are super sick and um, you can listen to them on Bandcamp. So if you go to invertedrollingthunderdriver.bandcamp.com, you can buy all of the mixes digitally. You can also still buy... Um, the cassettes they're re-releasing part one and part two in what they call previously viewed versions they're just old tapes they found and they slap new labels on and dubbed over them uh and and what's really great is there are there's a really transcendent moment where hulk hogan uh mixes 30 days of night and uh, Kawasaki Dream, uh, King of the Death Match, and uh, Nick Gage using a pizza cutter to cut a guy's face, and <laughs> classical music uh, in the samples, and it all happens at the same time. And it, it Ryan, it was like I ate a cheeseburger and dined in with him, and it was so good. <laughs> yeah, this is truly the the expired cheeseburger uh, of the soul. Like this, you listen. We're, we're in a pandemic right now, and we can't actually go see the Sistine Chapel, so we're going to have to make do with Inverted Rolling Thunder Driver. They have also made an additional tape that you can download off of their uh, Bandcamp about the Pontiac Transport. This is, okay, excellent. The, uh, which the is, sport uh, minivan, but that's not really a <laughs> minivan, but it is. I, it's listen a sport minivan just makes me immediately want to see a convertible minivan which is a thing that i would probably actually drive <laughs> it's like, so great i'm firmly leaning into my mid 30s like i you know that's the that's the compromise between wanting to like maintain your your tenuous grasp on your youth and also leaning into having a minivan like yeah yeah i cannot so, recommend inverting inverted rolling thunder driver enough please go check out this project it's amazing yeah and it's, if it's you fu- don't it's fucking fantastic. want to have like the physical tapes it's uh all available on Bandcamp for download if you pay like 10 bucks you get the digital video um and you don't have a tape cluttering up your shelves although i am skeptical that these people <laughs> exist um yeah. The other day I saw be. someone said they were a recovering record collector and I was like the the limit does not exist. I don't understand what you mean by that. That record collection hasn't existed for 30 years. <laughs> let's uh goddamn, let's dive into our first movie for this week. Quincy, uh this movie it's called The Killing of Satan from 1983. Um it is a Filipino uh production and it is Compl- it is it is it is cat shit insane how where did you so it's streaming on tubi right now um did you did you find this via like scrolling through tubi i actually had this file i had an mp4 of this already on my computer and i watched it and nice. then i said oh, i wonder if this is online for other people to watch and it is i found yep. this by simply searching psychotronic on archive.org because it is literally <laughs> the most psychotronic movie that you could ever watch. It's insane. It is, it's, it, it's fucking incredible. So, um, this is, Christian this Singer is Carmen wishes he can make a music video as righteous <laughs> as this fucking movie. Listen, a witch's invitation by Christian recording artist, Carmen, uh, 
it comes nowhere close to this level of batshittery. So it, this is a movie uh, about now. All right, there's a, there's a I think a genre of horror that um, is, was popularized for me with uh, the Final Sacrifice um, from MST3K, which is dad horror, where it's like <laughs> kind of it's it's kind of a death death wish thing where it's like there is a dad who has a jean jacket and a mustache, and he alone stands against the forces of darkness literally stands against satan this dad <laughs> well satan but here's the thing the movie kind of it calls him satan like there's he's kind of satan but it also calls him the prince of magic yeah, which i the love guy in the skinny guy in the red long johns is actual christian satan the prince of magic is the disciple that's tapped into all the power and he's the one that tries to fuck up Lando in this movie. Yeah. And which, and by the way, first of all, also a guy with actual devil horns and a badass cape bought at the dollar store. And a pitchfork, an honest to God fucking hay fork ass pitchfork that he uses as a. This movie is incredible. Um, the movie is. So it's it's around a, uh, a father uh, called Lando who has a pretty sweet mustache and he's like. At the beginning of this, it's sort of implied that he has sort of a rough past. Like he he used to do tough guy shit, and now he doesn't because he's a family man. Right, right. Um, he's out of prison, and in the Philippines, they are deeply Catholic, and there's this penitent ritual. So he is self-flagellating in this big, long procession. And uh, meanwhile, his uncle who is like the, I guess, Jesus magic shaman. I don't, he's, he's <laughs> this, the head this... of the magical, like everyone says, <laughs> okay, put all of your Christian necklaces together, uh, your milagros <laughs> together, and we'll uh -huh. like bless them again. And then these Satanists show up and they say, no, give us those necklaces, fam. And they're like, no, you can't do that. And then they twist his head like, a hundred times and then he's like i don't feel very good now i think i'm on my deathbed <laughs> yeah like there's just the constant threat of satanic gangs uh in town during this period with um, guns they with have gu fucking guns it's incredible like i it was like they're just they're having an argument and then one dude just fucking pulls a gun and shoots them and there's a, a, a sort of a, a shootout between like a like a second story window and the people on the ground um and lando um gets like two in the chest like he he is basically dead and he's in bed and but, we get like you know his his wife and and daughter are like ugly crying for about two full minutes on screen which is a fucking eternity <laughs> um they they are all in on this this crying family and then it turns out that he was clutching a rosary when he got shot so God himself was like, nah, man, I got you. And like brings him back to life. But somehow. it's also that Lando has to take over this Jesus cult, like the, the Jesus club that's against the Satanists. Right. And his uncle's like, well, he, I'll trade my soul for Lando's. That's why Lando has the dream of the giant boulder rolling towards him. And his uncle jumps in the way and is liquefied <laughs> by it. Let's talk about the goddamn boulder. This was so I was watching that scene while uh, Sarah was walking in from the kitchen and just kind of you know that thing where you know I, I think on this podcast especially it's the thing of the people you live with walking behind you while you're watching a movie and commenting on the movie. Um, and Sarah just watched so this boulder, which is roughly the size of a house and just tumbling down the hill merrily um, in a dream sequence, and this dude is like, "No, look out!" and his uncle dives in the path of the boulder which does not stop the boulder from continuing to roll downhill like he didn't have but like to a fucking looney tune flattens him out so literally the actor is has his head and the rest is just red paint in the shape of a body with it's just like what's left the and the head mist. is and the head is still talking like it's <laughs> It's incredible because he just goes, oh, no, and gets murdered to sh like he gets pureed by this boulder and then carries on a conversation with like his body, like fucked to death. It looks like a a, a, a row of Twizzlers with a head on it. Um, so what I love about this movie is Lando murdered a man 
and yeah. he went to prison and now he's home just trying to do his job lando's friend says hey dude um that guy's brother is still really mad at you and lando's like i served my time i have done my sentence and i am I'm a not repentant christian i'm not scared of anything and that weirdly works even though uh that uh event that vengeful brother does come and kill one of lando's family members oh sure i yeah, mean that's more of a form- that's almost a formality at this point but uh you know it, it still works out because lando beats death i guess and then has he... to like fight satan well, he beats death, but I feel like uh, so the implication in this movie, which has I want to say that it plays it pretty fast and loose with Christian theology. <laughs> um, it's it's a bit really? it's a bit squidgy. What, what part is fast and loose? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everything else was pretty much canon, but yeah, he so he comes back to life because he was clutching a rosary, and God is like, "No, you're fine." Um, and he, I think now he's like it's like a holy sort of quest where. He's like God's champion against this Satan gang. Um, and the so Satan, actually not Satan. I'm going to call him Jephistopheles um, because it's sort of he's like his henchman, like Bill Zabub, um, just sort of kidnaps, <laughs> kidnaps his daughter. And the, which, by the way, the most annoying person in this movie is the daughter who is just as, as like, she's not even a moppet because she's like a young lady, but she's just like sort of petulant sounding throughout this movie. Like, I don't want to get captured by Satan. Um, Satan. None of us has... want to be captured by Satan, kid. None of us sign up for that. Satan has the, the smallest ambitions in the world. He wants to hang out in the Philippines. He wants to kidnap people that's that that's what that's what's on his fucking schedule so he starts to fight these uh mid bosses and and low under bosses and there's a lot of women and men that are actually animals but are are like dancing women and then like he beats the shit out of them and they turn into snakes and then he like knots the snake up and whips (laughs) it away it's like a it's like a Brides of Dracula situ. Like they're they just they sort of come out and they're dancing, but then also they're snakes now. And yeah, he just like pulls a Disney's Hercules, knots the snakes together, and just fucking hucks them. <laughs> like all in the stuck? same jean jacket and like tank top. <laughs> I mean, he's not getting changed for this shit. Like I don't. This is his like battle jacket. Like he is he is wearing this fucking acid wash. Or okay, it's not acid wash. It's just a regular jean jacket. But like no, it's raw sp- denim, which which is very fashionable <laughs> because he knows that that's why he doesn't change because he can't watch it. Exactly. It's like look, He's, just put that in the freezer and it'll be fine. It's fine. It'll get rid of the bacteria. <laughs> um, he now the kung there is kung fu in this movie of a kind. Um these are not trained martial artists in this film. These are like, these are your dad's friends doing community theater, like stage combat. Yeah. There was very little, if any choreography, it's just act like you're hitting each other. It's, it's just like a lot of the sex scenes in movies we've seen where they're like, I don't know, do a sex. And the actors are like, (laughs) Okay. <laughs> That's actually, this is my, the first movie that I can remember seeing, a, I don't know, do a sex scene was like in the original Toxic Avenger, where there's the scene of the two uh, idiots like fucking in the gym. And <laughs> like she's on top of him, but they're both still kind of, one of them is wearing their underwear and, and like she's kind of moving laterally and kind of just going like, whoa, and like sort of <laughs> flopping around on top of him. There's no actual thrusting or like fucking motions. It's just like, yeah, this is. As a kid, I was like, I guess that's how you fuck. I don't know. Like, I, I saw Toxic Avenger. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. the fight scenes in this are very sort of, I want to say shove-based. Like, it's a lot of people, like, shoving each other and then going tumbling into things. Or it's very based around firing lasers from their hands. Yes, the lasers in this movie are amazing. There's so many Satan... And by turn, Jesus lasers in this movie. It's transcendent. So is it, 
a Star Wars situation where like g- the green is the good guy uh, lasers and the red is the bad guy lasers? I think the zigzag is the bad guy and the straight is the good guy. That makes because, sense. Because Jesus has to have straight lines. <laughs> Exactly. He can't be. He can't be fucking around with that. It's <laughs> as as it as it continues. It becomes in, incredibly sort of cave specific. Like there's a lot of scenes taking place in and around caves. Yeah. Um, well. Well. That's because they get to the the Satan base, and Satan has to live in caves. Yeah. Like this is Satan doesn't have a bungalow on the edge of town. This is now Satan himself doesn't really do a lot of heavy lifting. He does have a fucking, like, this costume that I want to say um, has the shoulder pads of a madman. This is the kind of, this is the kind of outfit that looks like he is a weird sex toy from a health class in, in like, the mid-2000s where it's like, yes, you could find something with a flared base, and it's that, but upside down, and those are his shoulder pads. Um, it's a lot. And, and so... Uh, the Prince of Magic is is the heavy, I think, in the movie. He's the guy with the horns in his head. Yeah, yeah, the the devilish guy. Yeah, and he it's it's hard to say what his end game is here. And at this point, you're wondering, wait, what happened to the gang that wanted to kill Lando? That is a fantastic question. <laughs> Like, but that's just, not important here. <laughs> it's 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 fine. We'll deal with them later. We got to deal with Satan right now. Um, and so we get these these fight scenes uh, between him and the goons. Where uh, how would you describe the effects in these scenes? The effects are just like uh, you know old football games when they would do the light pin. Yeah. That. Oh yeah. It's literally that. Yeah, they're it's like drawing on these drawing on the cell with a sharpie. Yeah, and so it, it gets down to the wire. There's like a giant cage full of kidnapped young women because I guess we have to have that in this movie. Um, and there's like a weird scene where the Prince of Magic is like laying out the ground rules for all of the goons. Like, all right, guys, I know this is your first day of orientation. Um, yes, this is a cage full of naked young women. Um, I, this is, this is all fine. Nobody can touch the bars, but me and Satan. Okay. Like it's just, it's, it's imperative. If you touch the bars, you'll probably get vaporized. You do need clearance to touch the bars of the cell. Otherwise, um, the break room is down the hall. Um, if you, and, and he's just sort of making them aware of the cages powers or something. I don't know. Um, and so, Lando's daughter is in there and she's just like, I don't want to do this. Um, And so he breaks into the cave to rescue her. And then there's this epic fight with (laughs) Lando with a broomstick and Satan with an actual pitchfork. It's incredible. Yeah. So the, the staff, he literally, um, he's like getting owned by Satan who has a, an actual goddamn pitchfork and he tumbles down into a ravine and he prays to God specifically Christian God to be like, Hey man, I really need your help because I'm fighting Satan. And God says, okay. And then a staff materializes in front of him, which by the way, that's such a dick move from God that like, Oh, you're fighting Satan. Yeah. Here's a stick. All right. How, how about that? Is that fine? You want to use, yeah, get out of my office. Um, and so he's like, thanks, thanks God. But he's like sincere about it. I would be annoyed. I would be annoyed if I was about to fight Satan and God gave me a stick. Give me a gun. We have established guns exist. <laughs> like what? What are we doing with this? Or like an axe? Give me a sword. You're giving. I, I don't. Yeah. They give him a stick, and so especially what because they, there's multiple swords in the Bible. <laughs> Right, like there's never like there's uh, canonical am, Christian swords. Yeah, there's never like arm yourself with like the bow staff of righteousness. Like <laughs> th- these are the 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 the, the staff based thing I can think of from the Bible would be the Pharaoh's it's the magician bow staff of Bible studies. <laughs> That's just the one that you bring to Bible study, and everybody admires your cool walking stick. Like the the sole I did biblical go to church with a kid who had a uh, boken, like the like the wooden sword, and he would bring it to youth group all the fucking time. 
Wow. What was <laughs> what what was Wood Sword Kid's endgame here? Like what was he gonna what was he doing with like was Whatever this just he like he wanted to. He had a sword kind of. <laughs> I mean, at that age, you're like, I'm not fucking with him. I know it's wood, but like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what he's doing with that. You laughed um, and hung out with your friends while I studied the blade <laughs> and the Bible. I, my God, the, the final boss. He he studied both of those, and he's basically unstoppable now. Um, we 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 get this final battle between Lando and Satan, and he's surprisingly good with a bow staff. Um. And Satan tries jabbing at him with the pitchfork. Eventually, what happens to Satan? Like, he he gets zapped and then disappears? Yeah, it, he wins. Yeah, I kind of, I was wondering, I, I, I in my heart, I was hoping that this movie was going to kill Satan. Because it's called, it's called the movie is called The Killing of Satan. I kept waiting for Lando the jean-jacketed dad to fucking chop off the head of Satan and stick it on a pike and I'm put sorry, it outside Ryan. his house. It's, it's not the killing of Satan. It's all the killings that Satan does. That's true. Satan is not. Yeah, Satan is. Uh, uh, he's in the back room. We're, we're dealing with the Prince of Magic at this juncture. Um, I, I don't know. I was hoping that we'd at least get like a bad severed head effect or something. But so I he, mean, he we, best... I think they blew their load on purifying Lando's uncle in that boulder scene. <laughs> Man, honestly, the boulder scene is the the high spot of this film. Like it, I had to rewind it like twice because it was so good. <laughs> it's so good. It's oh my god, it's perfect. Just watching a guy get crushed by a fake boulder is just my favorite thing. Um, so he he uh, defeats Satan, who sort of glitches. He Bethesda glitches through the floor, and he's gone now. And then, uh, yeah, Bob's your uncle. Everybody goes back home, and everything's fine. Um, so, this movie is completely insane. Like, there's this is one of fun. this is one of those movies that I love so much. That's like they were making this up as they went along, and they were like, okay, we've got a few things that we want in the mix. We want um, Christian mysticism. We, we, we got a pitchfork that my cousin, the farmer, gave us. We've got um, exactly five bucks for effects. So we spent all of it on styrofoam for this giant boulder. Um, it's it's it sort of defies classification, does the killing of Satan. So how does it rank against other Filipino horror movies? That's a good question. So at number 345 is the American movie shot in the Philippines with all Philippine cast and crew except for one guy called The Twilight People, which is probably best known as Pam Greer being the, the cat lady. Mm -hmm. uh, but you also have uh, a Batman who's literally just a guy who flies around um, and strong uh, homosexual overtones. Yeah, the Twilight people. I feel like I I want to give the edge to um, the Killing of Satan entirely because of, and it's not even fair, but the fucking Boulder scene. Yeah, yeah, that one scene is more memorable than any moment of the Twilight people. Up a few more we have the WNUF Halloween special. What is better, um, actual 80s cheese or films that approximate 80s cheese? And that's the thing is, I really, I, I don't know, I my, my, my love of the WNUF Halloween special is based entirely on nostalgia and there's nothing else really going on there for me. Um, I, I can acknowledge that I'm a fucking parody of myself. Like it, it's it uh, looks like it was made in the '80s, and it's got '80s stuff, and it's good, and I like it, which is my entire reason for liking it. Um, so I feel like I'm giving the edge there to uh, the Killing of Satan. Um, up a little uh, farther is um, Batman Gotham by Gaslight, oh, which it's is definitely better than that movie. <laughs> Yeah, which, first of all, how dare they do Poison Ivy like that? Like, she dies in the first five minutes as, as like, a throwaway sex worker joke. Because yeah, it yeah. takes place in the Victorian period. I hate it. I hate it. Um, however, if we're talking about Rococo uh, dumpster fires, at number 325, we have uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula um, made by Francis Ford Coppola. <laughs> I, I, I feel like I want to give the edge to Bram Stoker's Dracula just because, like, 
with comparing the uh, uh the lady um the lady enforcers in uh the killing of satan who also come out to like shimmy aggressively at lando the dad before getting like dispatched i feel like bram stoker's dracula has more memorable um viragos who come out to like menace the dude um what do you think yeah, I think Bram Stoker's Dracula is probably a better movie. Now, right below that, we have a clutch of Hong Kong movies, Robotrix, Skin Stripperess, and Satan Returns. Oh, man. All right. I would say right. Category 3 Hong Kong is, well, they're working with a bigger budget. So right. I'd say it's a lot better, frankly. I think so, too. Actually, I would be comfortable putting it um, also, right above Robotrix is Deep Blue Sea 2, um, which I'm actually pretty fond of. <laughs> I really like Deep, Deep Blue Sea 2, um, which a side note here, we're um, in my household, we're watching Jaws tonight. So I'm I'm looking at Deep Blue Sea 2, just like, oh, fuck, shark movies. Um, so I'm very excited. Uh, we... I love that the, they're like, you know, what's kind of like piranhas is baby sharks. So we'll just do that. <laughs> also, mean, that, that pre- um that predicted the baby shark craze which is still a fucking bop by the way baby shark <laughs> i that's i i think about it all the time although i feel like godzilla 1990 a two-year-old you never have to remind me <laughs> of what baby shark sounds like yeah this is a like this is a like bane voice you only adopted the baby shark <laughs> i was born in it molded by it um I feel I feel really comfortable putting um, the killing of Satan uh, above Deep Blue Sea two, uh, <laughs> but below Bram Stoker's Dracula at number three hundred twenty six. What do All you right. think? That sounds good. Hi, I'm Ray, and this is my friend Alex. Hi, and we do a show called No More Whoppers. Some call it corn, we call it therapy. We're adults with the virility of men. Want to hear us read snack food copy and talk about Japanese chips? Too bad. Join us every month or so on the Greenlit Podcast Network. I want to um, like I want to part the curtain here and talk about how this is a professional podcast. We try to do things right, mm-hmm. but keeping a straight face while talking about some of these movies <laughs> is impossible to do. I'm trying to have a cogent conversation, and I'm just cracking up the whole time. <laughs> the fucking boulder! Like this is I honestly so much of I like I love. I love doing this podcast for a number of reasons, but one of them is that, like, this is a movie I would not have chosen off of Tubi otherwise. And yeah, yeah. So, uh, folks, if you Do if you have a favor, <laughs> and I was about to say, if you have Tubi, but the thing is that it's a free service, fucking filled with movies that you're not going to find anywhere else. Um, listen, we're not even on the payroll for Tubi, and we are huge to be boosters. Like we, yeah, we will yeah. put them over. Someone says Netflix, you want to do Netflix and chill? I'm like, no, to be and chill. Yeah. Yeah. To, to be and stare into the middle distance. Like this is, <laughs> to be is the real, is the real shit. I, uh, I like, um, I like shutter. Shutter's good. They don't have uh, the killing of Satan. Um, so let's, let's uh, get into the second movie we're talking about this week. Yes. Which bloody new year. So Bloody this New is a Blu-ray DVD that our buddies at Vinegar Syndrome sent us, and they're really doing the Dark Lord's work. They're doing the Prince of Magic's work. Like, Vinegar Syndrome <laughs> is, is one of those... I, it's another one of those things that we kind of can't put over enough. Like, we like Vinegar Syndrome is... Uh, yeah, they, they're the ones releasing all of these like weird little hidden gems. They put um, out fucking Tammy and the T-Rex, for God's sake. Yeah, with like new artwork. It's perfect. Um, the tagline on Bloody New Year is, should all the acquaintance be forgot or just brutally murdered? Which I got to tell you, I'm a big fan of. I really want a t-shirt with this fucking cover art. Like Bloody New Year. Um, so it's a British movie, which is weird because there aren't a lot of British teen slashers. Yeah, and what's also wild is it's only sort of a teen slasher, which we'll get into in a moment. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, the really cool thing about this Blu-ray is it was scanned and restored uh, from the 35mm archival elements, but the original print, the original film elements are lost. They're like thrown in a dumpster. No one was like, we don't need to save these. 
So these are <laughs> these yeah. are, are elements, but they were stored poorly. So literally there's a disclaimer at the beginning that says, look, this is the best that we can get. This is all that is left. And it just means there's cigarette burns and there's some some wobbly uh, shots. But right. it kind of makes it better. <laughs> yeah, if, if you're watching Bloody New Year, you're, you're not going to be scandalized by like weird uh, film qualities. Um it's so the music for uh, Bloody New Year, which, by the way, I've I've got a, a a thought. With obvious exceptions like Goblin, if a movie has like soundtrack by and then a, the name of a band, like the whole thing is done by a band, usually this means it will be bad. Like <laughs> this means that the music is shit. You know, I would say you're wrong, but the only examples I can think of are. Bloody New Year, Rock and Roll Nightmare, uh, Bruiser oh, featuring the Misfits. <laughs> I mean, there we go. And you're right. They're all very bad. <laughs> Which, Rock and Roll Nightmare, uh, done by, what, uh, Thor? Yeah. Yeah, it, Jesus Christ. Now, um, uh, this I is... will say, the one, the the outlier in this is Dead and Breakfast has that oh yeah that is an actual band that does all of the narration in that movie zachariah and the los lobos writers yes. which yeah that no yeah that soundtrack whips ass also because it's like diegetic and he's in the movie doing little musical bits <laughs> which first of he all is really a zombie <laughs> singing about how he's about to eat the teenagers it's perfect i honestly i feel like on this podcast this is uh this is our like our single issue voting thing is like release dead and breakfast on blu-ray um also quincy do you know where you can watch dead and breakfast it's on tubi it's fucking tubi you can find it on tubi it's so good do Um, we need to actually i don't think we've actually ranked (laughs) it we just talk about it every episode yeah we need to go back and watch it (sighs) fuck you know what yeah yeah, I think we, we we're, we're going to want to knock out a whole episode talking about Dead and Breakfast because of like how much like I don't it's not even like a great movie. It's just a movie that I love very much. It's, it's very good and it has yeah. no right to be. Well, our next milestone, like when we get to our 666th episode. We'll oh, do yeah. Dead and Breakfast. Yeah, we're going to we're going to have to. Um, The yeah. So the 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 band in Bloody New Year. Um, it's called Cry No More, and it's uh, apparently the musicians in it are called Chaz Kronk and Tony Fernandez, which is fine, but Chaz Kronk. So Cry No More is the band that does all of the sort of non-soundtrack music. I'm like, they're sort of woven throughout the movie for no ass reason. It, but but there's also incidental music, which is literally just a guy on a Korg going, you know, playing like walking people around. <laughs> Yeah, I that's my that's, that's that's the incredible thing is like it's that's literally it's not even like suspense chords, it's just like long pause. Just like out of nowhere playing these little <laughs> arpeggios. Um it is the music is not great, but it, so all right, so the movie starts and it's this uh group of young British are they high schoolers or 20 somethings? What's it's, their what's it's New Year 1959 and the and the posters everywhere say goodbye 1959, hello 1960. And what's right. wild is they've got this new waviest of new wave bands that they've paid to do all of the music for the movie then pretending to be a 50s doo-wop band and naming them a separate name where they made actual flyers to hang up on set of this band, you know, rocking in the new year. And there's like this home movie beginning where everyone's just dancing and, and having a good time because it's the new year. Mm-hmm. And then, and it's just an excuse for this band to play their one song that shows up <laughs> over and over and over again yeah it's like hey guys it's me and my band cry no more and it's (laughs) sort of shot in black and white and it's meant to sort of establish that like oh this is taking place in 1959 and then we cut from 1959 to 1987 where it's these um 
uh, an unrelated uh, group of of British youngsters. Like they're not. I feel like they're anywhere between eighteen and twenty nine. I don't know how old they're supposed to be. I think they're supposed to be like college kids, but there's no. They're doing the nine hundred two one zero thing of casting adults to play teenagers. Uh huh. But then they're also like not clearly. It's it's nebulous at best. Yeah. So we don't we don't really know how old they're supposed to be. But they uh, there's like the British version of Coney Island where there's like this big sort of um, seaside amusement park where uh, apparently there's like a young British or a young American tourist who's riding one of the teacup rides on like a merry-go-round thing. And a bunch of uh, English toughs decide to start fucking with her. I think um, they're the carnies. Are they the carnies? Yeah, that's what's so bewildering. What because the, the old you guys are working running the ride, and the other two toughs are simply spinning the teacup that she's in and won't let her off the ride. What the f- guys? You're on the clock. You're harassing <laughs> people on what? What are we doing? But like, you know they're tough because they are all wearing super tight blue jeans. And mm-hmm. one of them has a leather jacket with the word like bad spray painted on the back. <laughs> That's how you know. I desperately need a leather jacket that just says mean, mean on the to back. To ruin. Over, <laughs> <laughs> you ruin with perfectly good jacket. Not bad. one jacket, Mark. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and, and like all of these, and all of these hooligans are like forty-five if they're a day. Like, <laughs> they're, they're all, all like, they're... yeah, they're all fathers and grandfathers, <laughs> um, and they're like harassing this young girl. And so the uh, the British youngsters are all like, "Hey, you quit that!" And they sort of there. There is a pretty cool sequence of like them running around on this ride. Um, and then the the carny who's running the ride goes, oh, shit, and then just stops the ride and the tufts go tumbling off. Um, and then what's incredible they is that so they the fuse out of the ride and then start playing keep away with the carnies, which, you know, you, you really got to make your own fun, I guess, in 1987. <laughs> England. They, they, they go to the fun house uh, to like give them the slip. And these Tufts, this is the biggest power move. They just drive a car through the funhouse. Like, they just knock out a wall with their car. We get a sort of car chase. Uh, we cut to... They they get away, the, the the British youngsters, and they get on a boat, and they, they boat to this island. Oh, don't forget, in the car chase, the Tufsters, a la Mad Max, jump from their car onto the boat that is being towed by the the teenager's car and have to be like punched and thrown over the edge. And like one of them drags the road, like Indiana Jones. Like why? <laughs> like all what it's you're, you're, you're infuriated at being an interrupted harassing someone on a teacup ride. Also, you're like willing to that, die for that. That dude, um, tries to reach down to grab the fuse and gets hit in the face with the Dumbo ride. Basically. Right. And the rest of the movie, he's got an open, ble- bleeding wound on his forehead. He's like Abdullah the Butcher, just gushing <laughs> blood. Crimson yeah, mask. My God. I don't know why they're so willing to die for this. Like, these... <laughs> They're just like 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 falling off of a moving car because they yeah it's it's a lot. Um, they so the youngsters uh get to this island and there's a hotel that is I it's abandoned like it's an abandoned hotel that like has some staff. There's like some people at the place. Is it is it yeah, is it so- meant to be? Is it meant to be abandoned or is it like there's the sort of, oh, we've got like a skeleton staff because it's the off season for tourists. So, I mean, we find out it's haunted. So right. maybe they're ghosts. <laughs> maybe it's like the overlook and like one of them's going to be in the bathroom and the, the other one's going to be like, you know, it was really fucked up for you to knock that guy off your car. And it's, <laughs> it's going to convince him to kill all of his friends. Hunter, Hunter, you hawk show. Literary analysis, comparative localization, JoJo references, 
The works of Yoshihiro Togashi hold a specific kind of magic, and the people who seek to examine their roots and spiritual descendants are known as The Spirit Hunters, available on the Greenlit Podcast Network. These young people do not want to fuck and have never wanted to fuck. It's great. <laughs> like, they really I love... don't. And like the one guy is so hyped that he rescued... He was so hot for this American girl that he beat off carnies. I'm sorry. He did not beat <laughs> off carnies. He beat up carnies. <laughs> I mean, you know, maybe, maybe that maybe that too. Like, he's... He's it's kind of catch as catch can in 1987 Britain. Like no one is no one is fucking. And what's incredible is that like, he's like the sole guy in this movie who wants to fuck and he just like radiates fuck energy and no one else <laughs> is picking up what he's putting. Die, which which tracks. But Yeah. Yeah, which I love that it's like an 80s like teen slasher movie set in Britain and then the the logical conclusion of those two things is that like none of them want to fuck. <laughs> um because yeah no sex plays were british and so um like there's one bit where um one of the one of the young girls is like uh hanging out with the dude who's playing snooker and she's like hey you know what would it be like if we fucked on this snooker table and the guy's like no <laughs> like he's just like oh jesus would you i'm trying excuse me i'm trying to play snooker do you mind thank you um the there are a lot of rat tails in this movie yes was that There's so many? Was that like particularly popular in Britain during this period? I mean, I think like just the pseudo mullet, because yeah. the one guy's just got his hair super slick back. Yeah, I, I get really excited when I see a British guy with a mullet because I'm always like, "Yeah, motherfucker, you're not fancy. You look like my uncle from 1985. Like, you you, you might sound <laughs> fancier than me, but you're listen. We're all we're all in the gutter together. I had a rat tail when I was a kid. Uh, none of us are cool. Um, but so the abandoned hotel is showing for no ass reason, fiend without a face, and it's the scene with the the claymation brains leaping across the room and trying to kill people. Yeah, and um, and they're like, I can't believe they're playing a movie with no one watching it. And to me, that's very funny because there's constantly Fiend without a face or some other terrible movie on a loop in the background while I'm doing absolutely <laughs> nothing in that room. And it turns out you were a ghost the whole time. Like, which is, <laughs> it's weird to me that they they don't question like that. Yeah, there's just a movie playing with nobody there. Um one of the ghosts jumps out from the screen and attacks one of the dudes. And this yeah, is they're where, like, okay, this is a thing that just happened. Sure. Right. And this is the part at which like people are starting to get murdered, which it took them fucking long enough. Like for a movie called bloody new year with a poster and a thing that says, should all acquaintance be forgot or just brutally murdered. I shouldn't have to wait like 45 minutes for some <laughs> fucking murder. Like, get it together, guys. So then like, they I don't... start running from these ghosts, and they are being trailed by another mysterious figure in the woods, and they find a, like, cottage by the sea, and then uh, the other couple's like, oh, good, now that we're safe, maybe we can make out a little bit, except then there's more ghosts, and there's a tablecloth ghost which is very exciting. What yeah, even... it's very good because he takes a gaff and he just stabs it until it goes away. But yeah. it's just a skeleton wrapped in upholstery. I, I loved that because I kept waiting for it to be like, because you can't see what's underneath. And I thought the guy was just going to be stabbing the shit out of it. And it was going to turn out to be one of his fucking shit heel friends being like, I was just trying to give you a good scare or something. Because like, this is the group of kids that are going to no, try to pull that shit. an actual factual ghost. <laughs> he, just, he just stabs a ghost. Um, so the at this point, and this is my favorite thing about this movie. Um, the the goons that uh, they that, that were chasing them before get on another boat and follow them to this island to continue harassing them. Yeah, and like, they have chains that they're going to beat these kids with. What? There was there there was genuinely just nothing to do. Uh I th I think during this period uh, at the And clearly they have a very lenient manager at the <laughs> carnival <laughs> because they've just left it. The, yeah, the listen, listen, uh, we're taking we... our 30 minute. We'll see you later. 
listen, we've got to we've got to take time off from harassing the guests and frightening them. We really need to go take care of this. And he's like, ugh, fine. Um, the so at this point, there are zombies in the mix. There's like sort of uh, tricks and traps. An arm gets chopped off. Um, and it's sort of it's down to two people, um, a, a guy and a girl, both of whose names are unimportant. Um, and they're being they're being chased by the zombies of their friends and also the hooligans who also get murdered. What you find out. Let's, and, uh, let's also talk about how one of those carnival toughs punches through one of the teens and that's how it's revealed that she's turned into a zombie and then she kills the shit out of him but you he know punches through the her body, yeah he still punches her with another enough force that his hand goes through her your problem is not the zombies it's the guy who can punch through people <laughs> like the movie just like hand waves that and it's like oh no she's a g- 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 ghost <laughs> Um, it's th- this movie is basically. I also if... love that ghost means they just put some glue on her face and teased her hair. <laughs> yeah, that's how you know. Like this movie is basically Houseu, but British and about as weird. I would say. Yeah, um, it's, what you? It's, it's batshit. There's this weird. While they're running around, they discover a crashed airplane on this island. Hmm. And they they find out that apparently there was like stealth technology that was experimental at the time in 1959, and it crashed here on New Year's Eve of 59, and um, this created a kind of time loop for the for the hotel where the zombies are trapped. Like the people at the beginning of the movie who were dancing to the band Cry No More, you know that famous fucking doo wop band from 1959. <laughs> um, they're they're all trapped in this hotel and so his single is out now through virgin records and can be bought at your local (laughs) yeah just uh use your uh local uh columbia record club uh sign up sheet you can get it through that (laughs) um and so it it, they they try to science the place up which get out of here with that what are we you're trying to be like stealth technology created a time loop like that's not those aren't even anyway so uh, what what we get is a dude gets eaten by quicksand and he's like up to his neck in it, which by the way, this is two episodes in a row where we're dealing heavily with quicksand. It's an exciting time. <laughs> um, and he, God, honestly, side note here, uh, I fell down a, a, a hole uh, while editing the podcast and realizing that like, oh shit, there are people who have a quicksand fetish. There yeah, are people... it's a real thing. It's a real and true thing, and it's sort you of beautiful. You know that really funny scene from Blazing Saddles? People masturbate to that. <laughs> yeah, the bit where they're trapped in the thing and trying to like get out. Somebody got off, um, and that's kind of beautiful about. Imagine people, what the lightning sand in um, Oh the Princess, Princess Bride. Bride does. That's like the ultimate, right? Like getting consumed by the quicksand and then pulled back out of it again. Or does that not do anything because it's just, like, one and done? Right. Like, if you're just getting totally submerged and you're not like, oh, no, quicksand. Um, Did you read the Venom Vore discourse when that movie came out? <laughs> yes, I was. <laughs> I, listen, I, I, I although I realized. Lots of upstanding Vore enthusiasts were like, hey, now, this sullies our good name. <laughs> We didn't authorize. We just this. really like it when our wives yawn while we're fucking, so we can imagine going down their throats. <laughs> and just you being... got to bring this this slime pervert into it. Well, and you're like, look, if venom is taking bites out of people, that is contrary to the spirit of vor, in which you are wholly devoured uh, <laughs> without any bites getting taken off you. Please, excuse me. We're some some standards would not would not go amiss here. Um, but you know, so I've, I'm also thinking about Paul Cerrone uh, in the character from Anaconda who gets yacked up and winks and then gets oh man again. yeah just the 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 eternal uh, ras- uh, rascality of John Voight just <laughs> winking at you after like covered in snake bile his body worn away like a gobstopper just winking at you it's fine Anacondas are so angry that they will vomit their prey. <laughs> eat it a second time man i i you know what anaconda it's a it's a it's a barn burner it's a great so here's why um just just as a 
promotion for this podcast. If anyone is a filmmaker and wants us to review your film, you get free advertising in perpetuity because we will bring it up again and again and again. Yeah, we're, we, we, we chew on the same cud. I, I think we've been talking about the same like five movies for the last three years. <laughs> Like this is we listen. We know what we like when we like a thing. We just really want to talk about it, and that's <laughs> and that's fine. That's podcasting. Um, so then, this movie has a surprise ending. Oh yeah, yeah. So um, and the guy I'm not going to spoil the movie to surprise it. The one girl that stays alive is trapped in the other side of the mirror from the dance in the beginning of the movie. This is okay. So this is the incredible thing about the ending to me. So she uh, is trying to. So the guy gets submerged up to his neck in quicksand and then gets his head like chopped off with like a, or not chopped off, but like mutilated with a weed whacker. Um, and she is getting on the boat to get away. She goes under the water, and then we like smash cut to her uh, in the the little dance hall from the beginning of the movie, and her friends are like doing a conga line with all of the nineteen fifty nine folks. She's trapped behind the mirror for some reason and going, help me. And then it fades to black and then a loud scream noise for no ass reason. And then we cut to credits, <laughs> which I, I love so much that they were like, how do we how do we close this movie out? I don't know. Screaming. Yeah. OK, fine. Great. Good. And so that's Bloody New Year. Um, is it a good movie? Um, it is definitely worth buying. <laughs> I yeah. cannot I cannot stress like pretty much as it there's there's seldom a vinegar syndrome release that I'm like I'm gonna pass on that and I yeah. will tell you I uh got a weird hair up my ass the other day and I lined all my vinegar syndrome blu-rays by serial number so I have like really <laughs> early releases to really late and they look very good on my shelf. Hell so yeah, yeah you I... want this um, if you're into batshit insane movies. Yeah, uh, I, I, I also <laughs> I love I love your love of physical media. Like it's it's made me I, like I've gotten more into having physical media because of you like hoarding these cool DVDs. Like also the the cover art of the blu-ray is um double-sided so you get the brand new painted cover but you also get the original vhs cover which is a skeleton blowing a party blower and this um blu-ray is cheaper than finding an original copy of that tape uh on ebay yeah so so you're, yeah you're, for that reason <laughs> yeah you're you're gonna want to look into that um so looking at the list uh i <laughs> so if we're uh talking about like sort of british settings at number 352 we have crimson peak is it is it blasphemous to say it's better than crimson peak i mean i really like crimson peak but also this is one of those like I, I I can think of a I can think of a lot of um gothic romances. I can't think of a lot of eighties teen horror movies set in Britain with actual British actors. The carved snake banister uh knobs don't bite anyone in Crimson Peak, but they sure as do in Bloody New Year. <laughs> Nobody uh unsuccessfully tries to initiate fucking on a snooker table in in Crimson Peaks, so or Crimson the motherfucking Carney doesn't burst through an actual wall with a knife <laughs> in Crimson Peak. Man, this movie is fucking buck wild. I, so I feel good about putting it above that. I think I know for me where I want to put it under it. Number 349, uh, we have Vampire Hunter D, the, the, <laughs> the, the original anime from 1985, which also features a lot of choices, like capital C choices that are like, all right, I guess we're doing this. Um, which do you think is better, Vampire Hunter D or um, Bloody New Year? I'm going to go with Bloody New Year because I could see myself watching this again. Mm -hmm. And Vampire Hunter D, not so much. Yeah, I would say it's better than Killing of Satan. Of the two I watched this week, this is the one I enjoyed more. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um so Killing of Satan uh, at number 326, I do, I don't know. I don't think this movie is better than, although actually Bram Stoker's Dracula 
at least both of them have British actors in them. <laughs> like, okay. I, I actually, this is going to be ridiculous. I actually think this is just above Killing of Satan, but just below Bram Stoker's Dracula. Counterpoint. Mm-hmm. Body Melt is number 298. Also a Vinegar Syndrome release. I'd say it's not as good as Body Melt. Mm-hmm. But it's probably better than the fog because the ghosts actually do something, and the oh, fog is at number three hundred. The fog is a fucking snooze fest. I <laughs> I hate John Carpenter's The Fog. Um, I yeah, I'm sorry. I also I know that's really unpopular amongst a lot of people, but I don't get it. I don't know no. why people like that movie. It's it's a movie with ghost pirates, and it's a John Carpenter movie, and it bores me. And it there's has been... not a single carny that punches through a teenager <laughs> in the fog. I don't know how people can watch that. Yeah, like a movie with Tom Atkins and Jamie Lee Curtis that manages to bore me. That's that's just unforgivable. Right above the fog is Bio Zombie. I do think this is better than Bio Zombie, but not as good as Body Melt. Oh, for sure. So our new number two hundred and ninety nine bloody new year thank you vinegar syndrome you are doing very important work um, we will please go we to would, their website and buy all of their stuff we would die for them on a battlefield uh, quincy where can our listeners find us on the internet uh you can drop us a line at rank and at gmail.com we are on social media we're on twitter at rank and Vilecast, and we're on instagram at rank and Vile. Um, those are the ones we're most active on. Uh, we have a Cosme channel that occasionally at odd hours of the day and night, we, uh, do watch parties. Uh, they're very disorganized, uh, but they're pretty fun. Uh, so follow our Instagram and, uh, check our stories. And that's usually how we promote those. And it's really a... I just got off work and I've got nothing to do. So I'll be watching this and you can watch it with me too. It, and, it's and, a and very, let's face oh, it. this is on Tubi right now. Let's watch it together. <laughs> and let's face it, during this time of quarantine, time is an illusion and not, and, and the hour does not matter anymore. So having uh, a, a channel where we sporadically uh, do watch parties for stuff just makes sense right now because we're all indoors anyway. It's buck wild to me that I've sent, I've sent links to to these uh, to to our friends before, and people were like, "No, I'm busy right now," and I'm like, "Doing what? <laughs> you don't have time to watch In the Mouth of Madness." <laughs> it's like, what you're t- you're too good for the Toxic Avenger two at three in the morning, you fucking coward. Um, uh, so so that's that's linked through our Instagram, Ryan. Uh, where else can listeners get more of our? movie opinions i tell you what we got a discord channel um we are um we've got a big cartel page uh that we're uh, adding stuff to right yes, now we have we have merch we have merch now that's listen we're, we're bossing up we're, we're part of a network now it's you know it only took us three fucking years we've got chest hair it's an exciting <laughs> time to be us um we also uh have a patreon um we um for uh for different tiers, you can get access to show notes. You can get access to bonus episodes. Um, we uh, we love doing the show so much, and and we appreciate y'all's support uh, immensely. Um, if there are any movies that you want us to rank or talk about, um, you're going to want to either send that to our uh, email address at rankandvilecast at gmail.com or drop it in our ask box on Tumblr at uh, just rank and vile. Um, but barring that, that is about all I got. Do you have anything else? Um, please check out the other podcasts on the Greenlit Podcast Network. Uh, War Rocket Ajax is a particularly great one. They're kind of where we got our entire format from. It so is without them, we would not be here. Uh, and they're very good uh, podcasters. Yeah, it's 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 total gimmick infringement. Um, that's about all I got. Have a good week, folks. Stay safe.